feature presentation. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 111 of the Untitled Movie Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside. He's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved. Eric Marchin. Matt, it's January <laughs> in Canada, specifically Ontario. The last couple of days have been... A little bit trying because of the hell freezing over, basically. Yeah, the blizzard and, you know, snow being a snow day, but also not being a snow day because a lot of people do um, work for home. But if you are um, a parent and, you know, have to take your kid to daycare or have to go into work, I'm sure it was a major inconvenience to a lot of people. Uh, Our premier made a complete idiot of himself on cp24 and and uh basically um was driving while talking and 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 doing interviews and it's just like like, just doug ford is the biggest knob just the knob yeah for people who aren't uh you know from ontario or the gta we had a huge blizzard over the last probably the biggest one we've had in in quite some time uh, a couple feet of snow um and we're also in a lockdown right now. Um, so it was just when I mean hell freezing over, it's like we were already in hell and then it literally froze over uh, to the point where you were pretty much uh, locked inside your home um, and just horrible timing on my end, too, because Nevis and I went to Ottawa on the weekend uh, to go skating on the canal. I'll talk a little bit about that because there's not much movie news or things. We'll talk about some random you stuff. You needed to get is... out. You needed to, yeah. you needed to just go somewhere for yeah. a day. And go and, outside, even though yeah. it was fucking freezing. It was like minus 30 with the wind chill. Well, did your beard um, freeze? Yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah. I have some photos. Uh, and like every my eyelashes were all frozen over and my beard was freezing. But we wore masks for a lot of the time, which actually helped for like warmth and stuff. Yeah. But then if you would take the mask off, it would just freeze. But um, we got home and then this blizzard happened that evening on Sunday evening. And we didn't do groceries or anything, so our fridge was basically empty. And then we were fucked for the last two days because Uber Eats was down. Like, and you didn't again. Like, I, I contemplated ordering an iced coffee from Starbucks, and Nevis <laughs> was like, "Don't do that, you idiot!" And I'm like, "But I really need it." And she's like, "Go walk to Tim Hortons at the gas station." She's like, "You should not be ordering Uber Eats right now." And I'm like, "That's fair. That's fair." Uh, so I did walk to Tim Hortons two days in a row in a, in like three feet of snow to go get an iced coffee because like I just I couldn't live without it. But um, our fridge was basically empty. So we were at that point of just like scrounging whatever scraps we had in our pantry and our fridge and like Nevis improvised and make this pasta with like a leftover sauce we had and like our tomatoes and some beans and shit <laughs> like and made this like it tasted really good but like it was just scrounging like every morning and, and lunch going like fuck we have no food and we don't want to drive anywhere we got a low tire pressure warning when we we're on our way to Ottawa and I'm a moron and, and and Nevis and I don't know anything about cars so we're just like what do we do? And called my dad and he's like, it's probably because of the cold. And then like, Oh, and yesterday during the blizzard, one of our chairs flew over the balcony because the wind was so bad. And it was, it was a nightmare. <laughs> but no one got hurt. It was like, no, thank God. Thank God. Dude, I was so stressed and like, and Nevis was too. And we felt awful about it. And we're just like, thank God. No one was walking um, like in that area. Cause it like fell we're on the 10th floor and it fell off of our balcony and we had everything tied down. Like 
we had covers on everything and, and tied down. It broke off the clasp. Like I sent you a photo of the chair and like the clasp was still on the chair because it ripped it right off because of the wind. And it fell near the loading dock area, 10 stories. And it was just like, Jesus Christ. It was like, so the last couple of days have been, you know, interesting. Um, so yeah, anyways, locked ourselves inside. Ottawa was fun. Um, it was just nice to get out. Like you were saying, like it was a long drive, four and a half hours each way, but, um, stayed over in a hotel and, and I've never been skating on the Rideau canal. So, um, Nevis had like, she said maybe 15 years ago or something like that, but, um, she bought a pair of skates. I got my old skates out from, um, you know, when I was a teenager, they sort of still fit, sort of, (laughs) they hurt my feet so bad, dude. Especially Um, after I could imagine. Right. Yeah. That's what it like. Even during it was like, my feet probably just got fatter. So I think they were like wider, like it still kind of fit lengthwise for the most part. Cause you're at a certain point you stop growing, but like that doesn't mean (laughs) you stop putting on fat. Um, Tarantino loves fat feet though. Yeah. Um, and but it was a blast like we the first night we got there a blast um, or a blizzard it was a little bit of both but um it was so much fun like it it just it's eight kilometers long skating down this entire river uh, or canal um and we went the first night and we went at night like around 5 p.m as the sun was setting and it was gorgeous with the lights coming on and the sun setting um but it was i think after four and a half hours of driving getting a, a pretty bad sleep the night before um we lasted about 45 minutes and only did about two kilometers and we're like my feet hurt i'm exhausted like let's maybe pack this up we'll go back to the hotel we'll get some some drinks and we'll hang out there and then we'll we'll wake up early tomorrow and go um and then the next morning we watch a lot of diners drive-ins and dives which is like my go-to hotel room show do you have something that like you i know you don't yeah, I guess when you do a lot of the Critics' Choice stuff, Eric, like, is there a show that you? I always like flipping through cable in a hotel room because it's something I don't usually just do at home anymore. Right. Um. So it's kind of fun and nostalgic to just like flip through the cable at a hotel room, and I always find myself on the Food Network watching Diners, Drive-ins, and Dives. That's like my go-to hotel <laughs> show. <laughs> well, Guy Fieri, right? You know, he's our, on, our he's Lord everywhere. and Savior. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, when it, it it depends. Like when I go to LA, I kind of like, or even New York, I kind of like watching local news shows okay. like morning shows because i kind of sure. like the tackiness of it yeah um in, in terms of just like locally i don't think there's anything that i would like i'd be like oh like this is like a comfort watch i do like putting the tv on just to have it as like background noise mm-hmm. and i usually flip through just to find like i like to find a movie that's on some like tnt or some shit yeah yeah but there's not like one thing you know like triple d um, it's that, always true and it's always on yeah because i feel like it's just food network at 8 p.m or 9 p.m is like it's we're putting guy fietti for like four hours <laughs> it's like um so there was that and frosted woke, tips baby god and he's he's the best and the worst um so we woke up the next morning and uh skated the entire 7.8 kilometers of the canal and so we got some McDonald's breakfast. We ate it on the ice uh, before we put our skates on, uh, had a giant coffee and 
um, which got cold almost instantly because it was so cold out. And then and it was uh, already cold to begin with, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, kind of. Um, but uh, it was just such a cool experience for Nevis and I because like it was a lot like we didn't expect to do the whole 7.8 kilometers, but we got out there and we felt exhilarated and it was freezing, but it was kind of nice to, you know, um, just kind of have that fresh air and just um, do something you haven't really done in a long time. And it took a while. Like I was so wobbly on my skates and like, I think I'm a, a pretty decent skater. I played hockey for the majority of my life and um, I just don't go skating that often anymore. So like my ankles were just like this for the first little while, but after you're out there for 20, 30 minutes, you kind of get your feet back and, um, yeah, skated the whole 7.8 and we got there and we're like, okay, uh, I guess we got to go back because <laughs> like there's no, we didn't want to take transit. And if you walked like the fastest way to get back was to skate back. So, uh, then we did the 7.8 kilometers on the way back as well. And it was, um, it was a struggle on the way back, but we stopped and got some like hot apple cider and some waters. And they have a whole bunch of stuff like on the actual canal, like cafe and beaver tails and very Canadian things like that. If people don't know what that is, they're like a a Canadian pastry thing, almost like a, how would you explain it? Like, um, like a doughy kind of not like a pancake, but like, it's like a doughy, like like if you had like a flat, imagine a flatbread was sweet, like a sweet flatbread like a non or flatbread and then you can get different toppings on it and, and like, sometimes um, it's even like deep fried as well or yes like that's what it is it's like a, right? yeah it's like a deep fried flatbread sweet bread kind of thing not sweet breads as in brains but like um you love brains uh, um but we got a, a a beaver tail i did a classic canadian i went maple so they put some maple syrup and some maple crackling on it delicious you, the texture um, you know what it reminds me of what's what's that thing that they always sell at taco bell um it's like uh the, the cinnamon sticks or like really the, it's not that crunchy though those no, are no pretty, but, like, but but the the texture kind of sure. has a, a similar kind of feel to it yeah. at least they the, usually are dusted with cinnamon yeah. and you can get like a classic one that's like cinnamon sugar and like lemon that you squeeze on it and then they have like you know, score or Reese's pieces. And like, some of them are like a lot and I don't get the ones with like a ton of frosting or anything, but they're a very Canadian uh, thing. You see them. It's almost like cinnamon toast crunch in a way, a little bit like it's a little, yeah, they got a nice crunch, but then they got a nice pull in the middle. Like it's a little doughy and, um, but they're pretty good. Um, But yeah, man, skating was a blast. Ottawa was nice. I've never, I've been there as a kid, maybe driving through or something for like one of my sister's, dance competitions or something but i hadn't been as an adult to ottawa and it um has a nice good mix of i feel like toronto and montreal where it's like a big city but it has some older buildings and walked around parliament quickly but it was just it was so cold like i haven't spent that much time outside in that kind of weather in a very very long time so it was like you know wearing layers and layers of clothing and um, scarves and toques, but uh, you know, and eventually your feet just go numb and, but uh, had a really, really good time doing that. So not movie related at all, but again, a good change um, of pace, a good, yeah, exactly. And, and Nevis brought up a good point before we started recording. And I think Barry Hertz tweeted this out the other day where uh, we were driving and on the way there, there's a town called Gananakwe and they have the only movie theater 
movie theater in quotes uh, open in Ontario right now. And it's a drive in. It's the only place playing Scream in Ontario and even Quebec, like in this whole surrounding area. Um, so they're open right now and we could have stopped to see scream at a drive-in but it was like minus 30 out and it'd be even colder at night and i like i didn't even know it was happening um while we were passing it but um if you're in that area you could go see scream which no one else can right now so and you don't um, want to get into a fight with a rival karate gang you know during (laughs) the winter right so yeah it just hurts too much so that was my weekend and then being kind of snowed in the last couple days and having to um survive off of gas station tim hortons and whatever (laughs) i was gonna ask you that because like you you said the last couple of days like we always talk about it but uh um you know, when, when you're desperate or, or you're feeling lazy and both, we've both mentioned that, you know, we live near, um, Tim Hortons, but, um, how was Neither the of ice us co- like it? How but... was the ice coffee? <laughs> it's not great. Like, and every time I go, the service is awful. And I, and again, I try not to, I was really grumpy on the first morning. Cause like, I really, like, I can't survive without like a giant coffee in the morning. I've become so dependent on it that like, like I will trek through three feet of snow to a gas station, Tim Hortons, just to drink their shitty coffee, just because like I need it. Um, and the the service is always bad. The gas station is always filled with like garbage people, and like and uh, like one guy just fully not wearing his mask when I was in there waiting for my mobile order. And I found that mobile ordering to that gas station, Tim Hortons, the worst idea in the world because no one does it so whenever i go in they're always just like forgot they don't even check if someone mobile ordered and then they are like the one woman's on her break or something and then the other woman's doing the seven people that are in line at the gas station tim hortons and then no one's fulfilling my order and i'm just standing there and she's like oh she'll be out soon and she's just finishing her break which i get it we're in the middle of a pandemic. They they got to work through all this. We're in the middle of a blizzard where they had to come into work. Like I'm trying not to, I'm trying to be patient with people, but it's also just like I'm standing in this gas station, Tim Hortons for like 20 minutes, just waiting for my fucking iced coffee and a breakfast sandwich. And like, and yeah, the coffee is garbage and I, I kind of mask it now. Like I still don't get sugar in it, but I'm like, I almost have to put a, like a little bit of cream in it because then I feel like it masks the horrible taste of their coffee and it just makes it just like, you know, I don't know. It's it's bad, but it's not like I guess it's better than nothing because I, I, I am so dependent on it that I just kind of it's my one routine I have every morning is like, you know, I wake up, I need to have a gigantic iced coffee, whether it's from made at home or uh, you know, I should just be making it at home and I got into a good routine during the pandemic, but I fall out of it and, and whatever, but, um, it, it's terrible, but it, it, I guess gets the job done. Yeah, I don't know. I like their breakfast sandwiches though. If I'm going to give Tim Hortons a compliment, like I feel like their breakfast sandwiches are decent, like their sausage breakfast sandwich on a biscuit, which is horrible for you, um, is, is pretty good. Um, but I'd still probably take a, a McDonald's over Tim Hortons. Like I would put Tim Hortons at the bottom of the like coffee and and sandwiches and things like that. And that's that. where they get their coffee as well, from the bottom. <laughs> like it's, it's awful. It's sometimes it's, really it's weird how inconsistent the Tim Hortons yeah. iced coffee is, because I had one this morning as well, and it was better than the 
last Tim Hortons coffee I had, which was Thursday last week. And Thursday last week's Tim Hortons coffee tasted weirdly like it was soiled. Like there was yeah. something in it that was like off, but that's how it sometimes just tastes normally. And you just kind of have to accept it. Like they didn't stir it properly or. So here's the thing. Like I feel like out like at the bottom of whatever they had left. Um, I think their iced coffee is just, and I think McDonald's used to do this too, or maybe they still do is just like, you know, they can only serve the coffee for so long, right? Like the hot coffee. And then I feel like it's whatever's left when they're not allowed to serve it anymore or not, or shouldn't. Cause it's either gotten cold or is too old. They just like dump it into that thing or that. And that's the thing why I like cold brew. I know you're not a big cold brew guy. I'll take um, cold brew. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I think- just like it more cause it's brewed specifically to be to be uh consumed cold so i feel like when you brew hot coffee and then just pour it into a thing sometimes they just serve it hot and pour it over ice so it gets hella watered down because the ice just all melts and then there's two melted ice cubes and i feel uncomfortable drinking it because it's like warm it's like not even cold it's just now warm or like just sort of cool and like has two ice cubes that are half melted in it and i'm just like this is awful and then you got to put more ice in it when you get home or something like that because it's not cold enough because all the ice melted and they just served you hot coffee over ice or it's like old stale coffee that they just like oh let's dump it in here and serve it to the ice coffee people so at least with cold brew it's like oh we brewed this specifically for you know to be consumed cold the thing on top of that though is cold brew can be like I drink cold brew, but I've gotten used to it, but it has so much more caffeine than than regular iced coffee and because it's just concentrated and depending the, – the tricky thing with cold brew is whoever's get, making it for you is like it can be fucked up because like if they don't mix it with water or your milk properly, that you're just getting pure cold brew concentrate, which is like a punch to the heart and like I've had cold <laughs> brew sometimes where you're like – like like Kramer from Seinfeld you're just like on edge and like and just like jittery on everything that's happening around you so um welcome to the coffee cast we have no no movie stuff to talk about but um but yeah I still prefer I think Starbucks and I know a lot of people shit on Starbucks and I'd prefer like a good independent place well even just McDonald's iced coffee um, like I think is actually and and their coffee in general is is kind of underrated I mean like obviously they they've expanded on it with McCafe and have kind of leaned into it more in in the last decade or so but um yeah I, I I I agree with you in the sense of I think Tim Hortons is the bottom of the barrel and then like it's also really bad for you in the sense that if you I mean they're classic iced coffee because now you can order, you can customize your iced coffee like most places. But before it was usually the iced coffee was like filled with sugar and cream. Yeah. And that's all it is. And that kind of helps mask some of the yeah. um, sort of bitterness. Burnt. And dis- like, yeah. yeah. Tim Hortons coffee but, always tastes burnt. But if you don't do that, then you're just stuck with this like really disgusting kind of, you know, lukewarm uh, coffee that is at best serviceable in terms of like getting you that kind of like quick caffeine Caffeine fix but (laughs) it doesn't do much than that and then if you get the the classic iced coffee at tim hortons it's it's full of sugar and fat and it's just like you would be 
better off drinking a milkshake at that yeah. point because McDonald's it, as well. At least though, it's too. more enjoyable. Yeah, no, no, yeah. no. Yeah, McDonald's as well. But I feel like McDonald's at least it tastes more like coffee than I agree. The yeah. iced coffee at Tim Hortons because the iced coffee at Tim Hortons, to your point, just tastes like it's burnt it's burnt water (laughs) yeah burnt water it's both watered down and incredibly burnt and and awful tasting and then i agree with you that you kind of need that other stuff but then it just tastes like watered down cream and sugar with a hint of bitterness yeah like if i'm if i'm gonna put on you know the extra weight or, or have the extra calories i'd rather go to mcdonald's or or have something that is that is fattening because at least sure. I can enjoy it. We're enjoy the, it. Where it's just empty calories that for no reason. Like yeah, I'm a I'm a soft boy now and I get oat milk and everything. But like um, Tim Hortons at certain locations has oat milk now and they have cold brew at certain locations. But the gas station one, it's just a clusterfuck every time I go there. And they either don't have things, but they still let me place mobile orders. So I get there and they're like. Yeah, we don't have three out of the four things you wanted. And I'm like, okay, can I get a refund? And they're like, no. <laughs> like, they're like, no, nah, you got to contact head office for that. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? And they're like, we can give you like a plain bagel and a, and a old-fashioned Timbit. And I'm like, those are the two worst things you have. And that's all you. I mean, have we've talked about this with with the uh, you the know Tim the Justin, yeah. yeah the Tim Beams yeah. were like the old fashioned Timbit uh, is like nobody wants that, no one ever. And if you order that, that is a sign that you might be a sociopath. Yeah, it's the driest <laughs> shit ever. Um, like even people that are like dunking it in their coffee or their drink, like it's 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 so bland and and it just completely dries out your mouth and it's it like yeah. again nobody nobody seeks that out like it it no. comes in sort if you of buy like, a pack of timbits like a, a mixed pack and they throw some of those in there they're always the shit that's left over yeah. like they have this weird tinge of sweetness but it tastes like you're eating uh the desert and it's just like it, it it's the worst yeah uh, but it's you- also funny just to think like we're we're bad mouthing tim hortons and and criticizing them but but again i think it's deserved, but at the same time, you always see uh, lineups in both the store or through the drive-through, and it is the most one of the most profitable uh, Canadian. Very companies. Canadian, yeah, yeah, very Canadian, man. I don't know. Um, we'll get to talking to movies in a sec, um, but if you guys want some other movie content, we have some reviews out right now. You guys can check out Cobra Kai Four, uh, The Kingsman, uh, Licorice Pizza, Red Rocket, a lot of the kind of stuff that came out at the tail end of last year you guys can check out reviews for but eric and i also will have reviews that you guys can check out for uh the first season of yellow jackets eric and i both uh watched the entire first season and uh, had a conversation about that so go check that out on the reviews channel uh as well as the first three episodes of peacemaker on hbo max and crave here in canada as well as uh the first three episodes of the after party which is on apple tv plus which is the chris miller show so not phil lord and chris miller although phil lord is producing it with him and wrote one of the episodes, but it, Chris Miller is the uh, directed it. Um, so you can check out our conversation on, the or as he goes by in the credits, Christopher Miller. Okay, Christopher Miller, as well as our review for uh, the tragedy of Macbeth, also on uh, Apple TV Plus. So uh, we pivoted 
to streaming stuff um, in January, because as you can tell in the first 23 minutes of this episode, we talked about coffee and Ottawa and skating and and things like that. There's not a lot going on in the entertainment world. Like movies are still obviously coming out because in the United States, they're treating it like there is no pandemic and everything's, uh, you know, open and, and, and ready for business. So Scream came out, had a pretty good opening weekend of uh, beat out Spider-Man um, had, I think it was like 30 to 40 million. Um, we still haven't been able to see Scream. Like we mentioned, there's one drive in playing it here, but it's three and a half hours away. So we're not going to go do that in the middle of winter in a, in a blizzard, but um, still some stuff out there. Our last kind of two episodes of this show, the Untitled Movie Podcast, is great. They're both like three hours. Eric and I talked about the best movies of 2022 in episode 110, and we also did the most anticipated movies of 2022 in episode 109. So uh, if you want some more content, head over there, and you have about six hours worth of Eric and I blabbing about um, last year and this year. Um also, uh, announcement on our first guest of the year. Pretty cool thing. Um, next week, Eric and I will be doing our first ever live episode of the Untitled Movie Podcast with guest Greg Miller from Kind of Funny. So uh, really cool. I've been listening to Greg on podcasts for what feels like over a decade since he was at IGN on Podcast Beyond, a PlayStation podcast that it was kind of my introduction two podcasts. I've always said Podcast Beyond and the official Lost podcast were the two podcasts that I first started listening to what feels like uh, a century ago. So uh, a really cool opportunity. We've had Nick Scarpino, uh, Tim Geddes, uh, 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 Joey Noel from Kind of Funny all on the show. So it's cool to finally have Greg on the show and it'll be part of a big podcasting day where greg is doing a podcast-a-thon with people from uh you know the community that have their own podcast and you know i've been on screencast before and other things like that so it, it's just cool to finally do something with greg so next friday uh which is january the 28th i believe uh yes um yeah. uh we'll be doing at 5 p.m eastern 2 p.m pacific an hour long podcast with Greg Miller that will be live streamed on twitch.tv slash kind of funny uh, games. Um, so Eric and I will be chatting with Greg. We're going to talk about uh, video game movies. Uh, I know Greg's a big uh, a champion of movies coming out day and date at home uh, the same day that they uh, come out in theaters, especially being a, a new dad as well. Um, so it'll be fun to talk to Greg. I know he's not like uh, known as the movie guy, but he is on in review. He, he pops up on screencast. He's a, a huge dork just like us. So it'll be fun to kind of talk to Greg and he'll be our first guest of the year. And then hopefully that leads into bringing more and more people on uh, this year for different episodes. So it'll be fun to kind of do a live episode. We hope you guys can tune in or uh, it'll be up on podcast services and YouTube uh, after as well. Um, so that's really cool. Um, Eric, how about you? How was your weekend? Have you been watching much or has it been mostly, I know we've both been kind of in TV mode lately. Yeah. I, it's been one of those, it's been one of those weekends. And even before that, where, and I'm sure you've been feeling this way as well, where you kind of just aren't motivated maybe to yeah. kind of like get back on track because there are, you know, certain factors where it's like, okay, well, the theaters aren't open, so we're not doing, there's no press screenings to go to, um, there's no digital link. So, you know, we're not covering Sundance this year. Um, so there's nothing really to kind of, 
you know, yeah. have to, we, we, we don't have to actually. We're not like committed to anything right no, now. No, so it, it, we're in limbo basically. And it kind of feels like, well, we're on this extended leave or vacation where it's like, okay, we'll do an episode here or there or, or throw out some content if need be. But it's like, we don't have to, like, we don't have to really answer to anybody. We don't have to submit anything because of, of deadlines. So, um, yeah, I've been basically just kind of like watching more TV than film recently because Same. I feel like with television, when I'm watching it, there's less of a commitment to sort of overanalyzing television than there is film. And it's because you nice. don't officially cover it. We do some stuff over exactly. Here, but, so yeah. it's almost like a weird break from movies as well. And then the last time, like, I actually went anywhere, like your trip to Ottawa was a few weeks ago now um when my brother kyle was over we went to um my dad's farm in newtonville and hung out there for the day and it was it was a nice day they uh uh my my dad and my stepmom they uh recently um they have a a a new sort of breed of, of dogs that they're they're looking after these puppies and they're um, old enough now where they're starting to open their eyes and sort of bark and things like that. And it's fun kind of holding and playing with them and it's therapeutic and in a lot of ways. So that was kind of like a nice change, of, change of pace again and sort of just getting outside and, and kind of hanging out with goats and horses and all that jazz um, rode a tractor, which was, which was, was fun. sick. Um, do you drive it or just ride in it just ride in it um but yeah other than that like not a lot has happened i mean if we want to keep in sort of like uh the criticizing or critiquing of food um <laughs> i tried the uh spicy oh, yeah. chicken burger at mcdonald's yeah. um and i went for the ghost chili pepper uh sauce and I got to say, I was a little bit underwhelmed by it. Not that I'm saying that like I, you know, like I didn't feel anything while eating it, but it almost felt like it was a diluted version of what it could actually be. Like it, it, it its potency only lasted for a little bit before it kind of eventually kind of dissipated. And I was thinking to myself... Like everything I've seen, like I've been going through this weird kick right now where I've been eating a lot of spicy food, but I've been also watching a lot of people on YouTube eating spicy food. And like specifically, I now want to try a drop of de bomb um, okay. sauce. So I, I actually ordered some. So I did you? Do nice. it for I, would, this I, show. Would, I would love that. I would like to try it too sometime. So, but. so I was thinking maybe we could do like, like, you know, I almost feel like we're prop comics doing this, ones. but like we could do like our little, ep- like an episode where we, we try it and see if we can get through the episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm down. I'm down. So yeah, um, I, I, again, like, you know, I, I was kind of underwhelmed by the hot sauce where like, you know, every time we go out to talk for Thai, you know, there's this really wonderful uh, Thai restaurant near the, the light box uh, in Toronto. Oh, Kaosan road. Yeah. Yeah. And their food is generally spicy, but it's spicy in and sort of a, yeah. It, yeah. And it's very tasty and it kind of gets you to keep eating it, but it actually does like affect you. And, and, oh, yeah. and with this, 
and again, I'm not trying to compare this really wonderful restaurant to McDonald's, <laughs> but like I was, I was expecting more from when the something sauce. says ghost pepper yeah. and has like five flames on it because McDonald's whole gimmick right now is they have a bunch of different McChickens with different levels of spicy sauce, right? Like there's like a habanero one, a spicy Szechuan one, and then this ghost pepper one. And I feel like we either tried this or maybe we did the habanero one years ago i remember when they almost did this but i don't know if we ever did the ghost pepper when something says ghost pepper you think it's going to be really spicy those Um, muffins that you made that one time were more spicy than this right uh, right. i forgot i did that i had some weird mix muffin mix cornbread right yeah it was like a cornbread thing that i made into muffins yeah you know what the spiciest thing i'd ever had was at Momofuku in Toronto. I did their spicy noodle. And I think I've told this story before, but I remember the waitress being like, are, are you sure? It's like really spicy. And I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty good with, with spicy stuff. Like like you said, at Kaosan Road, like I can do, uh, I think I've even done the Thai spicy once, which was really hot. But usually you get like the regular person spicy and then it's pretty hot, but manageable. <laughs> Um, but at Momofuku, they're like, oh, okay. And I'm like, ah, I'll be fine. And they brought out some soy milk with it. And like, I didn't order soy milk. They just brought it with the meal. Like it was part of it. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> and like, that's when you know, you're going to be, um, absolutely screwed. And I could only have like two mouthfuls and I'm like, I can't eat this. It's too hot. And, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I love spicy food and I've thought about getting, I'm not a huge McChicken guy at, at McDonald's either way. Like, I just, I don't know. I like the junior chicken more. It has a good spice to it. That's like barely spicy, but like good. Um, and I've just never been a huge McChicken person. I know Nevis likes them, but like um, that's that's a bummer that, uh, but that doesn't also surprise me because I feel like if you're going to McDonald's, they know who who is going to McDonald's and they can't make something like too spicy. Yeah, it seems almost yeah. like they're covering themselves from lawsuits if, like, you know, somebody eats yeah. it based on, like, a prank or, like, tries to do it and it's too it much. gastrointestinal problems or something. Like, yeah. 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 So. Um, it's a liability at that point. So, mm-hmm. I, again, like, it feels like you're getting just, like, the preview of what it could be and then it just dissipates and you're just kind of yeah. like, okay. Like, I, like it is, again, it is spicy, but it's not spicy in the way that I think like I, I, after having eaten it, I don't think I've actually had the experience of eating anything ghost chili pepper related. Still. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Where there's it's like, those, there's chips that we could get too. Those really hellish. Well, there's the like, nuts uh, as the well, where it's chips, like the yeah. death nuts where like they go yeah, up in, yeah, in, yeah. in numbers. And then, um, yeah, I've been watching a lot of like people eating spicy stuff. Like Matt Stoney did a okay. bomb episode where he put, um, a whole bottle of it. And it's a small bottle. It's like that. Yeah, but he put yeah, the whole yeah. thing on spaghetti bolognese. And he couldn't get through it. And he's like this like world competition eater and he struggled. That sounds so awful, but I'm definitely down to try a little bit of it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to like eat Um, like a, I mean, mean, it gives you the warning as well that you're not supposed to eat that much of it. Um, I mean, a good transition to, I watched the entire Jackass trilogy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So are you snorting wasabi now? (laughs) Oh my God. There are so many like uncomfortable moments uh, in that movie, Uh, in the whole trilogy really. And I tweeted out a few thoughts of it. Um, 
sorry, I'm taking time codes as I do this. But yeah, I just in in preparation for Jackass Forever, uh, which comes out in a few weeks at the beginning of February. Will um, it come out in Ontario? God, I hope. We'll I out. hope so. But because um, those movies, I think, uh, benefit from a crowd experience for sure, or at least watching with friends. Like even if it was just me and you watching it together, because I think you feed off of the laughter. Because like I did laugh quite a bit in watching them, but like I watched them while Nevis was sleeping and I had headphones on, and um, I just kind of threw them on. And they are both an easy watch and an uncomfortable watch at times, and they're only an hour and twenty minutes each or whatever, right? But um beautiful beautiful it's they they still hold up and i think a lot of it is really really funny um but now as i'm a 30 almost a 30 how old am i am i turning 33 is that what i'm yes you're turning 33 Um, this year on february the 8th yeah in like a couple weeks um everyone send your birthday presents um i don't expect that from anyone uh so anyways as a 33 year old man now and not a dumb teenager um you look at it in a little bit of a different light and i mean those guys were i think in their 20s during those that first movie right were they or or 30s or 30s it's a i don't know know, because when we saw that we were kids right yeah yeah. and it's just funny thinking r-rated in canada i think and we had to sneak in well i keep thinking about the last time we we did um a a show and you were talking about seinfeld and the characters being in their early 30s george is supposed to be my age yeah yeah or our just like how is that possible? <laughs> Elaine and George, I think, are supposed to be in their early 30s. Um, but Kramer and Jerry, Jerry's supposed to be in his late 30s. And then Kramer's supposed to be in his 40s, I think. So like um, a, a wide range of, you know, between your 30s and 40s. But like that's still when they were like, oh, George is the same age as, as you. I was like, oh, shit. But yeah, and Jackass, they were obviously a lot much younger. And, you know, um, That first movie, I think, uh, doesn't really hold up or or holds up the least out of them. Like that one felt a lot like how I felt watching. um, What was that movie we really didn't like with Eric Andre earlier this year? Bad Trip. Bad Trip in the point where I'm like, it focused a lot on fucking with other people instead of fucking with each other and that's a weird sentence but like you know what i mean in the sense of like messing with one another a pulling unwilling participants yes and that's exactly what i tweeted so um that first movie there's a lot of them kind of yeah messing with people who didn't either want to be in the movie or you know agreed to it afterwards because they came up to them and were like oh we're just messing around sign this release and and we'll put you in the movie um, and you're but, spe- specifically, I think you're you're referencing as well the stuff in Japan, which is a, a the, big part yeah, of it, and is offensive as well. A lot of the stuff that they do, um, it, it just the music choices that they use when they're there and turning just Japanese, them, yeah, and like and just messing with people in in, in Japan just feels icky. Um, as well as, you know, the stuff at the golf course and like, and and other things like that, like just people who don't deserve to be messed with and they just constantly, and like the destruction of property and stuff like that. And like, I'm sure they maybe either, you know, paid these people for the damages or, um, or, or whatever afterwards. It's still like that initial thing of just fucking with people just like to get a reaction that isn't very funny to me. Like it's way funnier to me when someone runs over and punches Johnny Knoxville in the dick than it is them like, um, 
messing with some store owner because they went in there to smash something or uh, take a shit. Like the shit in the toilet is funny, but like in the in the hardware store. But if you really think of it, I'm like, that's some poor guy's fucking store that you're just like, you know, you're just absolutely messing with him. And even if the producers go back and say, oh, here's some money we're sorry kind of thing we'll we'll buy the toilet we'll take it out of the store and whatever if they i hope they did all that in those first movies but who knows um it's just some of that stuff just did not hold up for me like there's still obviously the stuff where they just create like wild contraptions and just do stuff and hurt themselves is like all right they all agreed to be in this movie they all you know that's what they became popular for like that stuff is still either uncomfortable or uncomfortably funny or just genuinely funny um, or even can be creative in, in disgusting ways. Um, but that first movie just, I feel like holds up the least, like even when Bam, uh, well, Bam himself, his, yeah, Bam Mar- yeah. Margera is problematic now. Yes. So. Now. But I mean, in these first movies, like again, I loved Viva La Bam. I loved Bam Margera back then of just his idiotic things. But when he was messing with his parents, I felt like there was still, like you know some sort of like they understood the kind of thing right when april april and phil are just getting messed with and like well phil but specifically just, <laughs> yeah yeah but then there's just like random stuff that i think doesn't hold up and then i think they get better as they go along where two is better than one and three is better than two um so it'll, it'll be like interesting the Toy story, story trilogy yeah and then it'll be interesting to see them now as older men and like even the stuff where they the old the dirty grandpa stuff or whatever bad grandpa stuff with spike jones and and stuff i'm like they're old enough now or they don't even have to dress up um but it, it's just that stuff i could go either way with but i just more like the stunts that they do or the pranks that they pull on one another and and that stuff uh, to an extent, I think is, is is funny, but then there's some stuff like unwanted, you know, nudity and like stuff like that, where like we man's running through a boardroom of people at a hotel or whatever, like naked. Like when you think of it back then, you're like, ah, oh, that's really funny. And then when you think of it now, it's just like, I don't know, exposing yourself to people that don't want to see that is just not cool. Right. So it's just like interesting watching it from the lens of 2022. And like, I'm curious to see this new one if i'm assuming they'll all just be stunts where they're messing with one another and they'll be like prank stuff in in the public and getting people's reactions can be funny i mean look at nirvana the band the show which has a mix of scripted stuff and you know messing with people in the public but it never feels mean-spirited right like at least in my opinion well there's also impractical jokers right which is kind of popular as well but i feel like that is kind of like borderline like messing with people in a way i wanted yeah. i wanted to ask you though like if you feel that way about the jackass films yeah. did you did you feel that way or do you feel that way now about borat as well where like it is messing yeah. with people in a so remember way? we we talked about it even with subsequent movie film and the longer title but like borat i i i use this exact comparison where um I feel like when it depends on who you're targeting and what your statement is. And and we, I think had a really interesting conversation in that second Borat movie uh, review where we went over this exact thing. So I encourage people to go check that out. But my thoughts there is that Sasha Baron Cohen has a thesis statement that he's kind of making in both of those movies and an analysis of American culture and 
the people in the United States and that um, it it is a little mean-spirited at times. And I think certain skits work better than others. But I feel like um, at the time, he's always kind of trying to point out someone else doing something shitty. So like his comedy or what he's doing is has a purpose to it, even if it's not politically correct or can be kind of jabbing or, or taking someone again, it goes back to, they are an unwilling participant. And I think that's a bigger conversation too. Right. And maybe I'm saying, well, those people are shitty. So if they're exposing shitty behavior, you're specifically talking about with Borat, like uh, America's South specifically, and also looking at how like racism and xenophobia, but also, um, the level of intelligence of, yeah. of people from the South and how willing they are to participate sure. in somebody who is quote unquote, a foreigner. Mm-hmm. Um, is I think depicted. that's kind of, yes. And then that's why I kind of give that a pass or think it's funny. And, and I think there are people who will disagree with that. And, uh, yeah. Cause I, I, I was, that's... I wanted to ask that because, cause you mentioned the wee man thing and I was thinking, mm-hmm. well, there's the, there's yeah, the, there's the that naked wrestling too, which, sequence. Which, totally. Yeah. Is very funny, don't get me wrong, but I think is in that same uh, – and I think even watching that first Borat movie before the sequel, there's a lot of stuff in there where I'm like, whew, I cannot believe they got away with a lot of this. And like, and even seeing how much he got away with the the new one as well. And like, um, again, when it comes to all the other people that are willing participants in the movie that know what they're kind of getting into and go, if you're in this movie, you know, you might be fucked with by someone else on the cast or, or, or something like that. But even then, like, I think there's a conversation to be said of depending who's on the crew and, and, and things like that. But um, no, I think it's a fair point. Um, And I think it just depends on the scene or the prank that they're pulling. Right. And that's the same for Jackass where it's like, some of it works, some of it didn't hold up. And like in the second one, um, and I guess you don't really have any unwilling participants, but um, the whole terrorist bit of like uh, Aaron McGahey, uh, like darkening his skin and putting pubes on his face uh, to make him look like a quote unquote terrorist to go in a cab and have a fake bomb strapped to him. And even though it's Jay uh, Chandrakasir as the cab driver, so he's, a participant in lizards, it. Yeah. yeah. Um, who, who knows what's going on. So at least they're not doing this to some poor person who actually thinks something awful is happening or whatever, but there's just so much wrong in that sequence. And I know it kind of is just to fuck with Aaron and, and, and make him feel terrified. And he, he is a willing participant, even if he doesn't know exactly what's happening. That whole thing feels icky too with the, you know, they're like, well, we're not making fun of anyone. We're just like, and I'm like, I don't know, guys. I, I don't think that's a good look. And I think that um, they could definitely not get away with that today. But then I'm saying like, look at South Park and what they're able to get away with. Well, even with, Team, America, Team America, right? Like yeah. that, there's that one scene where but it's one the main if character it's goes undercover, yeah. right? And like, that's, I think the fine line with comedy, right? Is like, what gets a pass and what doesn't, right? And I think that's subjective. And I think that... um it depends on, you know, who you are and what you think. And I mean, even going back to, you know, unfortunately, a big piece of news that happened before or in between our last episode is uh, Bob Saget passed away. And um, he was a guy who had a very raunchy uh, style of stand up comedy, even though he was known as this like 
lovable TV dad or America's Funniest Home Videos and things like that. And um, there, I think there would be people, you know, like Bob Saget that would argue that like you can be just tell the dirtiest jokes or things that shouldn't be talked about, but you, you make light of them and there's something there in, in comedy, but I feel like that's evolving a bit. And, um, and I feel like if it's satire or if you're poking fun, like even Robert Downey Jr. and Tropic Thunder, like there's tons of examples of like things that shouldn't be okay, but you could make an argument of what they're doing is satirical or poking fun at, at actors or, or people who would do this or people who are so self-serious of, you know, in, in team America of them trying to go undercover for this thing and them not being great people and poking fun at the USA again and, and, and stuff like that. So, uh, but this just felt kind of wrong, but at least they don't just, uh, go into the public like that. Cause that could be very dangerous and very, um, very awful. So, and then the third one, I think if you look at them, they do evolve and you can see the evolution of both these guys they are still absolute morons and hurting themselves and, and, and all this stuff. But, um, there's less problematic elements as the movies go on. And it's more of them just messing with one another. And there's a little bit of like, they even go to India in the second movie and I, they only use, I think, the leeches thing and um, and one other thing. They don't use any of the – because I feel like even at that point, they're like, okay, that bit we can get rid of. Like in the third one, I don't think they go to a foreign country to mess with people. They just do everything with 3D cameras. And then that was the bit. The phantom camera and the 3D cameras were the bit in the in the third one. And even not watching it in 3D – still makes it the most enjoyable one. And I like the stuff where they do crazy stunts more than the disgusting stuff, but like the disgusting stuff, there's still something like weirdly fascinating about and visceral. it. Visceral. It gets it gets yeah. a real reaction out like, of you when you watch because someone you paper cut themselves or or shit or something or drink like I don't sweat water yeah. from your taint. Yeah. Uh, the paper cut stuff is the I can't watch it. I like I just can't. I can't do it. I turn away or I had to like, Especially skip when it's over in between it. like, the I can't the, the toes and the fingers like it's just or the tongue. I get chills just talking about it. It's awful. And then like the stuff where like you know, they're, they're shitting themselves and, and different things like that is like, it is this visceral thing where you're like, yeah, I, I can't say I've seen a man, you know, shit live. But if you've seen those three jackass movies, you've seen it multiple, multiple times. And, but then there are very funny things of like, um, uh, the the snake biting the uh, the penis because it looks like a mouse going through. It's so funny. <laughs> like it, that's how Jackass two or three starts. And like uh, what's or the name? gator or, biting or, the nipple. Oh yeah, the nipple or the turtle, the snapping turtle on Steve-O's like ass and like um and some of the animal stuff. I, I again is is difficult as well because like it's just these animals you're using for a funny bit and things like that. So I don't think it always works, but um, I'm very, very curious to see how you do jackass at their age. And in 2022, um, I know they've added some younger cast members, uh, a Eric woman Andre's on the cast, too, right? uh, Eric Andre shows up. I mean, they've always had cameos from people, Tony Hawk, Matt Hoffman, uh, Spike Jones, obviously like, uh, tons of people show up in those movies and they'll have more in this one, but they have a, a woman on the cast for the first time, which is great. Um, 
she liked one of my tweets because I said oh, the this is cinema thing the other day, and I was like, oh shit, she's on the main cast. Good for her. And they've had some younger people, and it almost seems like they're trying to go. Oh well, if people like this, like there are younger people who want to be morons that will take over if we want to keep doing jackass movies, right? right? Jackass generations. Um, yeah, basically. exactly. So um, it was fun to revisit them, but um, uh, I I am very much looking for. I, I again guilty pleasures. I don't think by any means they're they're good movies, but like I don't know. Uh, I if, think I think that third film the third is pretty one, yeah. inventive in terms of with what they're able to and... do with both the the camera setup but even just um the the stunts and the skits yeah. and how they've kind of evolved to your point over agree, the course yeah. of those three movies and the series yeah. itself and then it is also just interesting again going back to the problematic nature of looking like how this thing in that moment of time when MTV was kind of becoming you know premier television and sort of tapped into a young audience that would then be inspired i mean like you can even look at like what youtube is now and mentioning you know people doing the hot sauce challenge yeah. and stuff like that it kind of it struck a nerve for better or worse because you have people also like you know jake paul going jake paul, to japan up, yeah. and and being a complete and other utter xenophobic racist and 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 sort of like watching that video and thinking okay well i wouldn't be surprised if you know, some of his inspiration was, or he watched Jackass. Oh, as a absolutely. Kid. So, yeah. you know, like that's all of that for better or worse, I think is wrapped up in the early 2000s sort of mockumentary sort of stunt kind of craze. And, and you've mentioned it and I've done it as well, where like, I remember getting a camcorder in elementary school in grade seven and then hanging out with all these people and shooting these jackass stunts because yeah, it was I like at the, the fever pitch of jackass and being even popular. with that even with that warning we all did it yeah <laughs> like, and i mean they had to put that warning on stuff because so many people were doing it and mind you they were the most the hard the most hardcore thing you would do is like get a shopping cart and push someone into a curb or something and fly or jump off a jungle which is like or something yeah it's like still you could have gotten hurt and luckily like the only time someone i knew got hurt was more in like the backyard wrestling kind of stuff that we used to do rather than the jackass stuff but like um i remember doing a backyard wrestling thing at a park and and my friend cj uh doing a twist of fate which is a, a wrestling move from matt and jeff hardy um and uh the hardy boys eric not from the book series but do they have a the raging ex- clue the, ex- the extreme hardy boys <laughs> and uh he uh there was a broken bottle and he cut his leg like a bottle went right through his like uh the front of his leg and i remember it just being the most traumatizing thing and like uh, we got in a lot of trouble for it, but like, yeah, I remember. Uh, again, this was in Oshawa, really, right? Of course, makes sense. Um, and just doing all these stupid jackass things, and I, I, I think maybe Mike Munz probably still has the stupid videos somewhere. But like, just really, you thought you were being cool, but it was just like, oh, we'll push someone around in a, a shopping cart and hit them into a curb, which was like the one thing everyone could do because you couldn't make wild contraptions and stuff like that and we were all morons of like doing dumb shit as a kids and this was part of the inspiration for that so there's good and bad from jackass for sure i mean i uh, obviously grew up and 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 grew out of that phase and i didn't do anything too awful but um 
it's it's still enjoyable to watch. Again, to your point, them get more and more creative with the stunts and get less away from the let's just run into a, a shop and 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 push someone into a a, a bag of, like a whole stand of chips or something and and everyone just go what's going on and then and leave so uh i i can't wait because the budgets get higher too so it's just like what contraptions that they can make up that are just both either disgusting or painful or um just silly and uh i'm i'm very much looking forward to jackass forever i just i'm i'm hoping we'll be able to uh kind of see it and i might go see it with a public crowd because i don't think a press crowd would be a ton of fun if they do do a press screening of it or, or maybe it's something they would send screeners out for. I'm not sure. Depending. It'll be interesting when we go back to reviewing stuff when this lockdown's over and theaters open up again of what they'll do. I'm sure they'll go back to in-person, but um, maybe I I have no idea, but um, Jackass, definitely a guilty pleasure. And I'm very much uh, looking forward to uh, Jackass forever. Um, Eric, did you watch anything else that you want? I watched the card counter. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess we could talk about that. It will have a review for the after party, uh, both the after party and the card counter have Tiffany Haddish. Yeah. So yeah. you caught up with, uh, Paul Schrader's follow up to first reform starring Oscar Isaac and a little bit of a spoiler for the after party, as well as my thoughts on card counter. Um, I like Tiffany Haddish as a comedian. Um, I don't love her in either of these projects. I think she was my least favorite thing about the after party. Um, And I just felt like something, it just, she did not work as that character. And then in, I went back and forth on card counter where certain scenes I was like, Oh damn, she's, she, she's really good in this, in, in this scene. And then there'd be another scene where I'm like, Ooh, yeah, she's just, not super great or just doesn't have the acting chops uh for that movie but um card counter in general um i kind of went back and forth on it and i know we're kind of on the same page where i feel like as a whole it doesn't really work as a follow-up to first reformed like i still think it's worth watching and i think it's thematically an interesting spiritual sequel to first reformed and i think it's probably better than some of schrader's stuff that happened pre first reformed like the canyons um, and dog yeah. eat dog and, and stuff like the that light. yeah but it still had this weird digital look to it that i didn't love that was so crisp um i do like obviously the aspect ratio continuing from first reformed and that's some of the thematic kind of and it just has like a weird tone to the whole thing um, which also first reformed had um, and just being this character piece on this troubled guy. And uh, I tweeted out that it was the weirdest episode of world series of poker um, that I've ever seen. And I used to watch a lot of world series of poker with my dad. <laughs> um, and when that Texas Hold'em kind of craze came through and everyone was into it and watching it and playing online poker and playing with their friends and things like that. So uh, I liked that they incorporated uh i'm surprised that world series of poker was like yeah yeah go ahead use our branding and everything this um just just a lot more torture uh than your typical episode of world series of poker but i liked his friendship with uh ty sheridan and um i I, oscar isaac is fantastic in it 
Um, I think he is really, really good. I don't love, I know it's intentionally off-putting, but that fisheye cinematography in those kind of flashbacks to the, the Abu Ghraib torture scenes, torture scenes were, I know that's absolutely why he did it that way is to make them very off-putting and hard to look at. And, and it's supposed to just give off that vibe, but it just still didn't really work for me. Um, so you know, Willem Dafoe's I, big hand didn't work for yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're when they're walking and they get smaller. It yeah. just looks like it, I. I get it that it's absolutely supposed to invoke those kind of like, ugh, I don't like this um, kind of thing. But I think it worked more in the negative way than the positive way there. Um, but I just like the eeriness, the score, the the music choices. Just as he's going through and playing cards and and getting better at this poker uh series and and i i don't know there's there's a lot to like but i just don't think it completely works yeah i mean he's paul schrader i think is is i guess pun intended returning to form and and doing the sort of man on a mission writing his sort of diary or or his perspective internally but doing it in that kind of voiceover monologue and you know you saw that in 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 taxi driver you know like he's he's kind of following the 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 style of brisson and sort of incorporating ozu and dreyer as well you know his favorite filmmakers and it is interesting that you mentioned that you know it does feel very much you know a, a, a spiritual sequel to first reformed and and i think it'll be really interesting to see if his next movie which i think he starts shooting uh in in a couple of weeks um master gardener is kind of like a trilogy of these kind of sort of anti-hero characters kind of figuring out their path in the new world while also sort of trying to find some sort of redemption um based on their past discretions so yeah um it's yeah i don't think it's it's nowhere near as good as first reformed, but having watched it back in September and thinking about certain scenes, I think Mm -hmm. when it really does work, it's great. And when it doesn't, it's at least interesting. Like, I don't think the performances are as good as Oscar Isaac, like Oscar Mm -hmm. Isaac really does elevate everybody else around him, including Ty Sheridan and Tiffany Haddish. But like, I love the scene where, you know, he tells, ty sheridan point blank like what him yeah. what he and his what he went and through, his yeah. and his father went through and it's such a an amazing performance and it's a shame that he hasn't really gotten um a lot of awards for yeah. traction for this and and i mean obviously oscar isaac is a great actor and obviously the joke is you know paul schrader is, is a part of the the mcu with both yeah, actors that's being in honestly that's that and that my rental was going to expire in three days is because it was a 99 cent rental on i know we have screeners for it but it was a 99 cent rental on apple in 4k so i was like i could watch the screener with a watermark or i could watch the 4k for a dollar so i i rented the 4k but then the moon knight trailer which we'll talk about in a second um uh, made me go oh yeah okay ethan hawk oscar isaac paul schrader um i should watch card counter which is why i watched it yeah and 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 again they're like i love the opening title credits I oh think god it, those yeah. are amazing the texture on that like felt is so nice so and, like beautiful. it was so good but uh, then the movie i feel like i don't love the look of it i like some of the sequences and the sim- cinematography in general but i just didn't like the clarity of it all maybe i don't know right and that and that goes to 
sort of the digital cinematography. Yeah. Um, I wish there was more Willem Dafoe because he has a great yeah. name, Gordo Gordon. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then also like, again, there are moments that I think work better in terms of some of the kind of dark comedy. Like I really love, I think in my like, um letterbox review for it it was like you know oscar Say hi to your mother and, for me <laughs> yeah like that's an amazing like it's an amazing moment yeah. and it's so weird that that's how it kind of all comes out but um yeah oscar isaac is amazing in the movie i yeah. i will take 10 card counters sure. over another the canyons or um doggy yeah. dog and i'm just happy that paul schrader is back making movies but also Feels motivated again like or yeah something inspired like okay. there's something in yeah. him that is kind of you know bringing him back to you know what he was doing in the 70s and early 80s and sort of kind of like it i think the biggest criticism you could make is that the card counter is, is very derivative of first reformed yes, or just those, even yeah. of the best Taxi of driver, paul schrader's yeah. stuff yeah. um but i think it i think it works i just don't think it's it's necessarily great but again i'm also weirdly excited for uh master gardener which has um joel edgerton and sigourney weaver and it's supposed to be again like this in guy, the same kind of yeah yeah context okay. of like this gardener who's sort of you know in this relationship with both a dowinger played by sigourney weaver and her granddaughter um who hasn't been cast yet or at least hasn't been announced i i think he was trying to get zendaya but um she it, like it, uh money wise wasn't it wasn't working out but right, that's the other right. thing as well with paul schrader it's like you gotta like you, as much as like he he is a great writer and his contributions to cinema are fantastic social media is not the greatest outlet for him even though sometimes it is even some of the stuff in the movie like it it, yes it's very funny and he is um problematic at times and not a great dude at other times um and even in the movie some of the like asian jokes throughout and i felt like they kept going back to that and like or commentary i felt like was weirdly targeted and i was just like i don't like there's multiple times where they like and different people, but it kept going back to that. Or like even the conversation where they described the 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 guy that he uh, Oscar Isaac was playing poker against, and the way that he describes it, or they bring up the other guy, and I'm just like, this feels weird. <laughs> and I'm like, so there's some stuff like that that I just, you know, he's someone who has his opinions on things, and they're not always great, um, but is a you know, an interesting filmmaker, I will say that. And, um, and I, I totally agree with you that, you know, it doesn't always work, but it's always interesting. Or even if you don't love what's happening, you're still kind of mesmerized by it. And that's like in first reformed, I was mesmerized in the way where I'm like, Oh shit, this shit, this, this rules where this, I was like mesmerized by it. And I go, don't know if I love this, but there's something about it. And I like poker and I like, you know, casinos and I like, like, it's just that vibe was always interesting. And like when they go to the light show and they're just walking through and the music and the drone cinematography is like, it's just a, a weirdly hypnotic. put together. Yeah. Hypnotic movie. And, and that's why I ultimately like liked it. I just, I I'm with you where I just, I, I didn't love it. I also um, find it funny that Barack Obama put it on his best of uh, yeah. films of 2021 when it's also very critical of the Obama administration for not yeah. closing down yeah. places like Abu Ghraib. So like yeah. it's it's one of those things where it's like I would really be interested to have a conversation with Barack Obama. And, I never like, know what those lists – do you think like 
that's all PR stuff, or do you think he yeah, actually but you, but you watched would think that, all like, those and, and put it together? I would hope he would watch those things because, like, again, like, why would you put that on your list? I'm sure he, he is a big like arts and entertainment guy, so yeah. I would assume that he he does. But sometimes I know there are those people that think it's just he has a team and they go, "Here's what like the cool people are saying are the best movies of the year," so you put these on your on your list because he didn't have flea um, on the list which a lot of people were like oh we would have thought that he would have watched yeah. Flea." but i i, I mean i i don't i'm not against what you, that point you're making where like it could just be his pr team or what have you but it would be a strange decision to put the card counter on if it was your pr team especially yeah. again but sometimes i'm like that means like do they not actually do their research and they just go oh this or that or i, I don't know whatever but yeah um, I think the talk about the card counter can go into a, a good transition with we got our first trailer for uh, Marvel Studios Moon Knight, which is what we'll do to wrap up the show here. It's going to be a shorter episode than usual. We're going to try to keep the episodes between an hour, hour and a half, like the big episodes, like the last two where we're doing like big lists and things like that. will obviously go three hours. And I say this now and Eric and I, I'm sure next week we'll go four and a half hours or something. But um, not a ton of news. We skimmed through things. Um, uh, unfortunately, like Eric and I mentioned with the passing of Bob Saget, uh, you know, Betty White a, a few weeks ago. Sidney um, Poitier. Is, yeah, like there's been a lot of unfortunate uh, passings and, and talking about Moon Knight. Um, I mean, quickly off the top. Uh, Eric, do you know the... the yeah, Gaspar Yuli, yeah. Um, yeah. who's probably best known um, to Canadian and American audiences it's it's weird like i i know him from a very long engagement um and then also he was the younger version of yeah, hannibal, hannibal and hannibal rising bad um, movie but yeah. and then he was in a, one of xavier dolan's uh movies oh, as well he? and um yeah only 37 died in uh a, an accident Ski a skiing accident. accident yeah and um yeah, I don't know what to tell you like uh, no, other than it just came out right before we started recording and i just think like it, Again, I'm just I'm not to try to tie it directly to Moon Knight, but it looks like it'll be uh, one of the last things that he appears in because uh, he does have a role in Moon Knight. We don't know how large of a role because he's not in the trailer that we're about to talk about, but um, just uh, such an uh, 37, way too young, and an accident like that is is just awful and uh, um, just a real unfortunate thing and. and uh, it just seems like we go through these spurts where it feels like, you know, Betty White had a long, amazing life. Almost so did Sidney Poitier. Yeah. And like those are, you know, very sad, obviously, and we can celebrate their careers and their lives. But then there are people like, you know, Bob Saget or or, or even Norm MacDonald, because both Norm those guys, I mean, yeah. Bob Saget directed Dirty Work, which starred Norm MacDonald, and they were both in their 60s and they died four months apart from each other. And it's kind of like again sudden and and still too young um mm -hmm. for for like something like that i mean obviously in norm mcdonald's case it was it was cancer but um yeah it's it's just you know unfortunate and then even with jean-marc valet back in in december oh gosh, like yeah that's still been bumming me out a lot too did um, we not to go too deep we'll talk afterwards but yeah just just really unfortunate uh, unfortunate stuff and it, it was just again i i knew i i've seen hannibal rising i'm not super familiar um with gaspard's work but um 
I was literally because of Moon Knight, the trailer the other night, clicking and, and looking up actors who were in this series. And I was kind of doing my Marvel thing because I obsess over it all and just going through the, the next couple shows that they have coming out. And I remember being on his Wikipedia page like literally two days ago when the Moon Knight trailer came out. So then when his name popped up today, because it was on a, a French website who reported it first because it was in France where it happened, I'm like, that name seems so familiar. And then I went back and I'm like, oh my God, I was just just reading about this guy and um you know 37 just your career's just he's had a, you know a lot of great stuff that he's appeared in it's just that uh you're only getting started at that point so really really unfortunate um sorry to uh, be a bummer there but then um yeah we did get our first uh uh trailer we got a teaser back on Disney Plus day uh, for Moon Knight, but this was a our first uh, full trailer uh, for Moon Knight, and we got a confirmation that it will be premiering on March the 30th. Um, so after Boba Fett, uh, which we didn't talk about Boba Fett at all, but we'll hold on, hold on. I, oh, did you? Yeah, I nice dug it not, out for this because they're I, not called. What up, are they calling it now? Because they uh, don't the fire want, sprayer because yeah, it's not okay. the, it's not slave one anymore because yeah. of it being politically incorrect. incorrect. Yeah. Um, even though I don't think George Lucas intended it to be politically incorrect because Boba Fett is a bounty hunter who, yeah, you know, traps people and you know, takes them to who's ever paying them. But I understand why they did it as yeah, well. I get that. Yeah. Um, but even though we're not talking about it, I, I did catch up with the series. And um, the one thing that I do, I think is maybe a little bit intentional that when you were mentioning it and, and it is still distracting, I think it is design wise supposed to like, I think Boba Fett is supposed to look almost like a child because it, yeah. this show could have been called the rebirth of Boba Fett. Sure. And I almost feel like him being in the Sarlacc pit is him being reborn and then coming out and sort of being basically reimagined into this anti-hero type character. But it's also strange to think like the show is partly very childlike in some ways, mm -hmm. but then also it's very dark and serious and others and star wars has always totally been a very strange series when it comes to like what the demographic or the target yeah. demographic is because clearly star wars in general is for children which isn't a bad thing i'm not saying that like it's it's juvenile i'm just saying the intention is that these films were made for, for kids. younger audiences yeah yeah with things that are still appealing to Exactly. But then you look at something like Revenge of the Sith and then you have Anakin being burnt alive mm -hmm. and you're thinking to yourself, what the child... comparison between Phantom Menace and that? Yeah. What child wants to see, you know, this this anti-hero or hero going dark being burnt alive? Like that was like the big complaint with like Jar Jar. It's like Jar Jar's for children, blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah. OK, well, we'll burn someone alive in the third one. So don't worry. Yeah. So it's 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 a it's a weird tonal. And Boba Fett is like that, too. Like the the, spe there. the speeder kids with their like colored motorcycles or whatever. They're colored speeders and their uh, Alita Battle Angel mods and stuff like that. Like it's just yeah, it totally feels very strange. I I'm personally each episode get less and less interested in it i'm still obviously going to finish it and, and and watch it and it's still star wars so i'm still like sort of enjoying it but i don't like it um but it's the first star wars property and i'm usually pretty forgiving like i'm someone who liked 
all of the sequel trilogy, which there's not very many of us. So like I'm someone who likes Last Jedi as well as Rise of Skywalker and um, which I don't think that Venn diagram is super huge. And like, you know, I, I don't watch a lot of the animated stuff. I watched some of it. I loved Visions. We talked about it here and and on kind of funny. And um, but Star Wars, again, we every week I think we talk about that. It's in a weird spot. And I think Boba Fett just feels like, I don't know, it, it has that Star Wars problem for me where, and I'm kind of be repeating myself, but like even today's episode, which it's not really a spoiler, but if you don't want to hear about it, click out for the next minute. Um, the Gathering why, Storm is the name of the episode. Why did I need a whole episode of how he gets his shit back and how he fixes Fennec Shan? Like we already, my problem with this whole series is that it's giving us, and Star Wars in general with the prequels and Solo and, and anything where they're showing stuff that, we already kind of know what happened, but we don't know exactly what happened is like, I can fill in those blanks. Like I don't need you to show me every moment that led to Boba Fett showing up on Mandalorian. Like I got it. He got his shit back. He fixed her up. They're partners. Now I don't need it. None of it was that interesting to show me for 45 minutes today of how he got to that point. I'm like, advance the story in the quote unquote present, which is still the past um, in the continuity. But like, I don't need to know how he got his ship back from Bib Fortuna. It's just not that interesting. Like, I know he got his ship back. Like, and it's the same problem Star Wars has had was like, okay, where are the gaps we have in the story? Okay, we know this person is here at this point. And they have these items on them, but we didn't show how they got those items. But, you know, can the audience just fill in the blanks? Well, they could, but why don't we show them? Well, if we show them, it's not going to be that interesting, but I guess we think it's interesting. So let's show them because maybe people are dumb and go, well, how did Boba Fett get that stuff back? That doesn't make any sense. It's like, well, yeah, it does. Cause you can just kind of fill in these blanks. And like, sometimes that's more interesting than the answers that you give. And I just feel like that's my issue with this. All of the flashback stuff is just the star Wars problem of spoon feeding us every detail and not trusting your audience to know that. Yeah, he has that shit. It doesn't matter how he got it unless it's like crazy or unbelievably cool or has some giant twist like even going back to the Sarlacc pit is just like, why? We know his armor's not there. We know the Jawas have it. Well, like, he doesn't know that I because know, he was like, knocked out by the Jawas and then I, by the Tusken Raiders. I, but I, I do agree where it's like it is retreading things that you don't necessarily need. And Solo was obviously a perfect example of that where it's like we don't need you to fill in the gaps of Han Solo's sort of legacy and sort of how he became Han Solo. But I, what I will say about the book of Boba Fett that I do kind of like, I think the theme I, rips. <laughs> the theme is amazing. The, 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 the main theme is, is incredible, but I do like the idea of the present day stuff of, of Boba Fett taking over Jabba's throne and sort of creating this new sort of legacy for himself. And I yeah. think that that's kind of I interesting in terms disagree, of like the politics yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But like, but it gets so bogged down. With and I actually did like the, him hanging out with the Tuscan Raiders. Like I, I didn't mind that. I just think what's McClunky uh, about it is sort of the narrative flashbacks. And, and yeah. I even really like his healing chamber. I think that like, like just the look of the show 
is very reminiscent of why I love Star Wars. Sure. It, it has this tactile quality yeah. uh, to it, but I'm not in, I don't disagree with what you're saying either, where I think it's just explaining everything. And to your point, filling in the gaps where, you know, you can make those, those assumptions, assumptions for yourself and, and you're and just how spending you got there. so much time on it. And like, I don't disagree with what you're saying about the Tuscan Raiders or any of that stuff. It's just like those flashbacks needed to be paced out better. It's just like the way that they do it, where he goes in the, uh, the what's it, the back, back, the tank or whatever. And like um, yeah, the healing and, chamber. Yeah. And then those, that's how the flashbacks kind of come in. And then you spend these large chunks in the flashbacks. And even the way that they, in today's episode where they, he, he's caught up now to the present and they're like, you're healed now, which is basically like we have no more flashbacks. So you're you're all healed now. You don't need to go in this chamber anymore. And it's just so it's stuff like that that I'm just like, man, there's you didn't need to do it this way. And there could have been a more interesting way to pace these flashbacks out over these episodes and maybe not have as many of them, because I feel like we're spending so much time in the past that that present stuff, which is like actually kind of interesting with the the hut cousins and like and uh black Carassian and like um um and like the, the him trying to take over and do this new new order in in, in uh, mos espa is just like kind of interesting but i feel like today's episode really i'm like why am i spending 30 minutes on this stuff and then i get 10 minutes of the present when last week you ended on a cliffhanger of like a war is coming and i'm just like now I need to know how Fennec Shand and him got together and like he saved her in Mandalorian. Like, why is this this episode? I'm like, why wasn't this placed better in this series? And I think that's what I'm frustrated with overall, because I, I do think that there is some cool stuff in there. Um, but well, Fennec so. Shand also being repaired in that one sequence. <laughs> I, I like the score, yeah. but it almost sounded like there's this like steampunk esque sort of battle angel sequence yeah. where she's getting repaired and they're putting in the, 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 the pieces into her stomach. It, the score almost sounded like prodigy's fire starter, yeah, yeah. but it, it sounded like this kind of like almost, you know, like one you'd get off like a, a, a CD compilation that is uh non-licensed. So you don't have to worry about like, you know, any, company paying for it but it does sound like prodigy's fire starter for some yeah. weird reason but then again I, I i guess maybe because i was thinking about that because fire starter is also used in yellow jackets uh and then uh sophie uh thatcher is in both yellow jackets and uh the book of boba yeah Fett. so Shout maybe that's her. blending it all together yeah. but yeah the present day stuff is is the best stuff and it seems like the last two episodes are setting it up for just present day now unless they're going to show you like something that'll bring no i think like pa even that Pedro one pascal back in i don't know he could show up in the last episode i think to set up mandalorian season three because they wouldn't have needed him on set they could just have him do a quick voiceover right and yeah. have his stunt doubles so i wouldn't be totally surprised if uh, they a lot of this is set up for Mandalorian season three and and gets them together again. I don't know, um, but I also just don't really care. So I, I'm curious to I don't know. I'm still obviously curious for these final two episodes, but um, I think I'm going to call it there. And I'm I think we should do a separate conversation, just a quick conversation over on the Conversations channel and on YouTube on Moon Knight because um, we do have to wrap up uh, for scheduling reasons right now. But um, I'd say 
you guys can check out uh, Eric and I will do a conversation and a trailer reaction to Moon Knight over on YouTube. So just go to search Untitled Movie Podcast on YouTube. You guys can subscribe over there or it'll be on the conversations feed on podcast services um because i just think you know i I like doing those trailer analysis and just to kind of throw it in for five ten minutes on the end of this episode i don't think uh makes sense but a fun episode eric thank you for joining me uh guys we mentioned go over to untitled movie reviews where we'll have reviews for yellow jackets um we'll have a review for the first three episodes of peacemaker we'll have a review for the first three episodes of the after party uh as well as the new uh cohen not cohen brothers uh film, joel cohen joel cohen uh, tragedy of Macbeth. um as well as we'll have a review for pam and tommy pretty soon but maybe that's in february as well uh but we'll be doing a lot of kind of tv and streaming stuff so keep your eyes locked over on untitled movie reviews i know we haven't had a review up for even this new year yet but um we should start to get stuff going and let's cross our fingers that theaters open soon and we'll have reviews for scream and jackass forever and and, and things like that as long as theaters are open before batman that's all i or morbius God. Uh, thank you all for listening. As always, my name is Matt Rohrbeck. You can find more of my work around the internet, but mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com. And you can follow me on all those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. And I'm Eric Marchin. You can find more of my video reviews on rogerstv.com slash cinemascene and on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. Tim Horton's iced coffee suck.